We're so excited to announce our brand new sponsors, Future Farm. Future Farm is Brazil's number one meatless meat brand that has now landed here in the UK. Their product range includes future burgers, future sausages, future mints and future meatballs. Ben and I both tried these products and can confirm they are absolutely incredible. They are so popular in Brazil that the locals even call veggie burgers future burgers. Now, that is influential. All of the Future Farm products are made from soy, yellow pea and chickpea protein. This combo makes a meatless meat that not only tastes amazing, but is so good for you and the planet. Their products contain 100% natural ingredients, all certified vegan and gluten-free, and they also contain no GMO nastiness. You can purchase all Future Farm products in Sainsbury stores across the UK and online from £3.80 per pack. If you're planning to eat less meat or looking for a new meatless meat to add to your fridge space, then give Future Farm a go today. and welcome to Two V's and a Pod with me, Izzy the Vegan and me, Ben's Vegan Kitchen. In this podcast, we'll walk you through the landscape of veganism through the eyes of two pretty relatable day-to-day vegans. And over the series, we plan on discussing a wide range of topics that you may have pondered upon whilst being vegan or even whilst deciding to take the step. Today's guest is Giuseppe Federici, a plant-based influencer with an amazing story to tell. Giuseppe's family all turned vegan after a health scare and he's continued to champion the lifestyle, particularly from a health-conscious point of view. Giuseppe is also part of the amazing team at Plant-Based News and one ninth of the Plant Boys and we cannot wait to have a chat. Giuseppe, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, I am very happy to be on. Obviously, the first question that we like to ask all of our guests is their death row three course meal. So this is the final time you are ever going to eat again. What are you having? <laughs> so dramatic. Oh my God, you're putting me on the spot now. Um, yeah, I mean, there's obviously there's so much like, amazing vegan food out there. It'd have to be something junky because I do love like vegan junk food. Uh, and obviously there'd be no repercussions of the health health effects. <laughs> so I'd say that for starters, it'd have to be something like um, crispy like, buffalo cauliflower wings or, or even like chicken wings, but something something along those lines, like wings wings vibe. Um, and then for main... Wait, hang on. When you said even like chicken wings, you mean you're going out no, and like, being like, vegan, fuck it, I'm not vegan, vegan anymore. No, vegan wings. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I paused for a second. I was like, oh, he's taking the final meal to the next level. He doesn't even care about veganism uh, yeah, anymore. No, so, he's going yeah, for the chicken. Always, obviously, the defo meals always got to be vegan. I've heard about like some people they might want to have like a non-vegan meal, but I don't, I don't, I don't get that. It makes sense to just keep it vegan because, yeah. Um, anyway, so for Maine, it's going to be like a really junky like triple cheeseburger. So not a double burger, a triple cheeseburger with onion rings and bacon and um, sweet potato fries because um, that's like they're the best fries they and are. then I agree, dessert yeah i don't get anyone who who doesn't order sweet potato fries on that out with a burger <laughs> it's just the best and then for dessert it's gonna have to be like a chocolate cheesecake or some sort of like really fatty not made of cashews but made of like thick cream um <laughs> vegan cheesecake yeah well I, i'm shocked you know you're you're italian born and bred and you've not gone for anything you know to the roots i thought you'd go and out no, i've had too much of that stuff in my life it's my last <laughs> meal i want to i want to pig out 
It's amazing. Um, obviously, some people listening will know your story, Giuseppe. Um, I think it's actually an amazing vegan story. And your journey, I've heard the story a few times. Giuseppe and I are friends. We're part of the Plant Boys together. Maybe we'll touch on Plant Boys later for a little plug. Seps, obviously, your, your story is really, really interesting. And, you know, it comes from a, a, a different place to a lot of people's stories. You know, people have heard mine and Izzy's story. You know, Izzy tried a tofu scramble in, in America and was like, yeah, this is all right. <laughs> Um, I did it because my ex was vegan and I just thought, yeah, it would be easier to cook for, for, for two people rather than just for one. So, yeah, not very interesting. But yours is a, a little bit more closer to home. So yeah, it would be great, great to hear about your, your sort of journey into veganism. Yeah, sure. So um, it was about seven years ago when I first like, was exposed to it um, and re- started researching into it. And it was basically because my dad... Uh, was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer and that's like what start, started off the whole like spark or seed um, and obviously it came to came as a massive shock to my family because we're Italian we eat quite healthily like Mediterranean and we've always thought we're super healthy and as I did more research into it I started basically all the research I did came back to um, processed meat increases your risk of, of this sort of these sorts of diseases and a plant-based diet can help prevent this and I was like whoa I didn't really because obviously we're so healthy there must be there must have been some sort of connection. Um, so that really came to, came as a shock. And luckily, touch wood, I won't like drag people out to the very end. My dad is fine now, thank God. Um, but yeah, so I started read, reading a few books. One of the first ones I read was How Not to Die by Dr. Michael Greger. And it's one of the best books I've ever read. And it's got amazing information out there about um, just colon cancer. And what a lot of people don't know is it's actually... So processed meats like bacon and ham and salami, they are like class one carcinogens, which is the same yeah. class as cigarettes, which means the, the evidence to suggest that they cause cancer is just as strong as the evidence that cigarettes cause cancer, which That's when crazy. you think about it, it's crazy, That's isn't it? so crazy. It's outrageous. Um, yeah. And uh, so I basically just did lots of research into that. And unfortunately, my dad didn't go vegan straight away. Um, and it took quite a while for me to convince him and and uh, get the message across and there was actually a point where he he was still he still had um his his cancer and he was eating bacon like once a week uh, which obviously was really really difficult for me because i knew that this this was going on um and then so originally it was me and my sister i managed to convince my sister and then eventually um after about six months my my dad adopted a fully plant-based diet and he actually refused refused chemotherapy twice so he um he had it and he couldn't stand it. it. He literally felt like it was killing him, which is crazy. And I've heard that story so many times because mm. obviously this is like, it's poisonous, it's horrible. Yeah, you feel like um, you're getting so much weaker from it, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like. But So he refused it um, and then he had to have an operation to remove the tumour. Um, and then luckily touch wood, I don't know if it was a combination of the fact that he had adopted more of a plant-based diet or that he was just super lucky, but it, it basically fully disappeared. And now he's like, he's gone way past his five-year emission and he feels better than he's ever, ever has. And he's a Amazing. little vegan activist now. He tries to like convince <laughs> all his friends and yeah, oh, it's great. that's and, so good. Yeah, and all my family now, so my sister and my, both my parents are fully vegan, which is, we can talk about a bit later as well, which is great. Yeah, so that's the, the main story. That's incredible. So, so you're saying that you decided to go vegan first from your research, then you persuaded your sister. How long did it take for you to persuade your sister? And did you have to use like different tactics with your sister than you had to with your dad? Because it seems like you're kind of the the fire that ignited, you know, the whole family going vegan. So I'm just curious as how you how you managed to do that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good question. I never thought about actually um, the different tactics I used, but I guess I did um, <laughs> because. Um, with my with my sister it was more like we just watched documentaries together 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and also, I remember we were on like a family road trip and I would just read out pages out loud of this, how not to die. Like, guys, you've got to listen to this. Um, it's crazy, um, which is really cool until they got a bit fed up with me just reading out loud to them. And then I guess for my parents, it was more of just showing them the foods that were available and also showing them like relevant statistics and information that would be more relevant to them from a health perspective rather than maybe something of my generation and my sister, which is more focused on the environmental side. Um, But I would say definitely in general, my whole family um, was open to it from the health side originally. But then as we've we've gradually become more of a plant-based family, we've understood and appreciated the the ethical side, which is obviously the environmental and also the animals. So now my family are both like all, all passionate vegans for all of the reasons. I think that's amazing because so often, you know, people will reach out on Instagram to, to anyone with, with, you know, a small following because it's been happening to me ever since I started on Instagram. Um, you know, they're reaching out being like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm 15 years old and my mum does all the shopping. Like, I don't know how I can convince her to, to buy me this food because like the... I guess we can call them the boomer generation, but I actually think I'm right in assuming your parents are slightly younger than I think, you know, they're they're in their early 50s. Yeah, right? yeah, they're both 55. Yeah, so they're still, you know, young enough to kind of understand that there's change happening in society and that, you know, to move with the times, this is just part parcel of it. But mm. I think what's really interesting, and I always love seeing it because, you know, we've just had, you know, Easter and you're with your family and you're all making these things together. You know, you're making, you know, these like vegan meats, which most people, like I know in my experience on Christmas day, I have to bring my own food to make Mm. it for myself because no one else wants to eat it. Whereas you've got a whole family embracing this thing. And I guess it's interesting as well, because from the Italian kind of cultural point of view, like food is just so huge. Like, you know, I've watched The Sopranos. I know what it's like. <laughs> the Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. No, but like it's it's one of those things that everyone knows about Italian people. Like, you know, yeah. food and, and, and religion and culture and, you know, eating together on Sundays. It's just like part parcel of the culture. So the fact that you guys can still do that and, you know, everyone's eating together, I think it's amazing. And I think, you know, to have all four of you there eating the same stuff and, and all preaching about it yeah. is amazing. So I, I think it's, you know, you're in a really unique position because not a lot of people are in this position at all. Yeah, I definitely um, forget how lucky I am sometimes because I, I do have a lot of friends that um, I've spoken to that they just don't have that luxury. That they, like you said, it's really difficult for them to, to cook on, in the evenings or they, they can't really access that many vegan foods because their parents are the ones that do the shopping. And um, so, yeah, I do feel very, very lucky that they're open to it, but also that they, they can cook vegan food. I don't have to worry about going downstairs for dinner and <laughs> something not being vegan there. Um, but I do still have that barrier with my extended family. So my my grandparents, my Italian grandparents, um, they still don't really understand it. They they still offer us like bits of bits and bobs of their, their non-vegan stuff they've made. Um, but it has got to that point now where they they've kind of they've got it. Like my grandma still makes like Italian like vegetable soup, which is just naturally vegan anyway. Um, and she has actually made me a vegan lasagna once, which is was delicious. So wow. Grandparents are like a whole other level though, aren't they? Like my grandparents are still trying to understand it. Like they don't quite get what I can and can't eat. And I try and whenever I visit them, I'll bring around something new that's vegan and they'll be absolutely mind blown that it doesn't have meat in it. They just don't, they just don't, they just don't get it. They really don't get it. How did you have those 
first conversations with your family members because I think that's where the difficulty first starts because I think once you've kind of started opening up to conversations around kind of veganism or plant-based or being pescatarian or vegetarian or whatever it is once you start opening up those conversations I think it can become a lot easier because it becomes natural to talk about it but I think really opening up those starter conversations people can get a bit defensive about it so how would you advise like when you're trying to talk to family members opening up the first that is so yeah that is so true because um a lot of people say and it's true like the your family is some of the hardest people to have difficult conversations with because you've got that those those barriers of like they they're your family whereas with some sort of with strangers like there's no barriers at all so you can pretty much say whatever you want um i remember actually being like almost scared to to t- tell my dad about like the link between bacon and colon cancer because it's it almost feels like a, a huge attack on their lifestyle because I knew, I know he used to love it but yeah I'd say the most important thing is just to lead by example and also show them what they would be interested in so for example I remember just saying oh this is a really cool documentary about like health that I really think we should watch tonight guys I should watch it and rather than saying you need to go vegan you need to go vegan and then just let them make the decision themselves mm. and you'll find that sooner or later they'll hopefully see see the light. Yeah, there's there's such like a um, stereotype that veganism is just shoving it down your throat. But you're saying, look, let's watch this. Um, once you've watched it, see see how you're feeling and kind of crack on from there. Exactly. Yeah. Who's who's the uh, who's the best chef in the house? Then be honest, because I know it's not you. <laughs> that is not true. So we're actually. That is harsh. Actually... <laughs> I've I've had Giuseppe's food before, so I'm talking from experience. But never mind. We'll go. We'll, right. we, we move. We move. Yeah, we do move. We are. We're all keen cooks. <laughs> um, to be honest, um, my dad is probably the one of the the creative one. So he'll just whip up a meal from like anything in the house. Whereas my mum's also a great cook, but she prefers to like follow recipes. Um, and then me and my sister just like to pretty much have the same sort of thing that we know we're really good at. So whether it's like a pasta dish with creamy cashew sauce or um, like some vegan chicken or some sort of stir fry, anything like that, we're we really like so yeah we're, we're all we're all equally because yeah, i've said it to you before like if you don't follow giuseppe on instagram you should because you're constantly making things where i'm just like i can't be bothered this is so like, true <laughs> you, you make these things and i guess that's probably the benefit of having three other mouths that will eat the food is like i cannot be bothered to sit there and make like a seitan from scratch or like a seitan chicken or a seitan yeah beef. i've done it once once and that was like way before i had my page it took so long and i was like nah i'm just gonna it's, I'm just it's gonna ridiculous it. i've done it once where someone sent me a kit where i literally had to put water in it and even then i was like <laughs> oh i can't be bothered and it was really nice like it was much nicer mm. than the stuff that i'd got in the shops but you're constantly making these things which is amazing that is true like i, I feel like if i was back at my uni days uh, i definitely used to just go for like quicker meals like pasta dishes and things like that whereas when I'm at home and it's much more slow paced and I've always gotten like loads of different vegan ingredients in, which I understand a lot of people don't really have. Um, I've definitely got that space for more like, creativity. And so I do enjoy making these like seitan um, different variations. Do your family all follow you on your Instagram page and take inspiration from that as well? Like, have they ever cooked you a recipe that you've made on your Instagram? That's a good question. Uh, my dad actually regularly sends me like other people's stuff to like, oh, you should make this. Um, which is Has quite he ever cool. sent you any of our stuff? Be honest. Um, That's a no. Right. I think <laughs> he actually sent me one of Jacob's the other day. He said, "Yeah, Jacob's vegan bacon." It was like, "Oh, you need to make this." So yeah. Okay, the tofu bacon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good recipe. 
It was, yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, no, my dad's always on Instagram and commenting and sharing my stuff, which is great. That's so cute. I love it. Legend. And obviously another big part of your, um, not just Instagram, is your lifestyle is is all about health and fitness. And you're a real advocate that, you know, you don't need to be eating you know, steaks and, you know, all of this stuff to be, you know, fit. I mean, you scroll down your page, girls, if you're listening, have a look. It's uh, it's great stuff. I'm not so interested personally, but uh, there's a lot of nipple sure. action. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to call you an athlete, but you're, you're, you're pretty, you're pr- pretty hench, you know, you're, you're smashing it really. And it's amazing to see that like the conversations around veganism and health are, they're like intertwined now. And, you know, you see people like yourself and that is, you know, it's not why I followed you, but I remember the day you followed me, I was like, oh, this like vegan. Who's this, like, who's this sexy beast? Yeah, well, I was like, no, it's great because I'm I'm like a I'm like a fat vegan guy and I don't really care about my health. Like I'm you know, I'm drinking a beer as we speak and <laughs> I've just had some like crisps before we joined in. But like it's good to see that there is still that intrinsic link because there's so many people that think veganism is like a fad diet and that it's not here to stay, but then you have people like yourself that are, you know, disproving all those myths and, and being able to be like Look, I've got a six pack. I'm I'm hench and my shirt's off, ladies. <laughs> yeah. So the truth is, I don't actually I haven't always been um, in in good shape. I used to be quite a fat little kid in high school and and that. And so I did I did find like fitness before I I found that plant based lifestyle. Um, but since I became plant based, I became more interested in it and more about about basically being an example, like a physical example of how healthy and fit you can be on a plant based diet. So I definitely think um, that's one of my main motivations for like basically trying to put on muscle and look in shape because to show people that it's possible on a, on a vegan diet. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. I tell you what I'm excited for now the weather's getting a bit nicer. What's that, Izzy? Barbecues. Oh, me too. To be honest, it doesn't matter if it's five degrees. If the sun's shining, then I'm keen to wet the grill on. Our sponsors, Future Farm, really do have the products to take your barbecues up a notch this summer. Their future sausages and burgers are perfect for grilling. The future sausages are definitely my faves. Their products on the barbecue really are a game changer. All the flavour, texture and juiciness of meat without harming animals or the planet. You can purchase these incredible meatless meats ideal for barbecues from Sainsbury stores nationwide and online. Yeah, I don't know about you, but since going vegan, I was just so much more conscious about what I was putting in my body. Like before I was vegan, I was kind of like, I'll just eat anything. I don't really care about what's in it, where it's come from, what ingredients are included. Whereas since going vegan, because I'm looking so much more into the ingredients and the products and where it's come from, from a vegan and environment side and animal welfare side, I'm also looking into it for health reasons as well. And I do think that I have got healthier. I mean, obviously you can see from my page, I'm not a health vegan, like I eat a lot of junk food as well, but it has made me just um, take a lot more consideration into like, you know, what I'm putting into my body. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the, the crux of it. I think a lot of people do seem to think that vegan does automatically mean healthy, which it definitely doesn't. Um, and if we want to talk about health, then it's 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 definitely Ben's just pointing at himself on the camera here, which <laughs> you guys can't see. But yeah, obviously, a healthy diet is is one that's filled with whole foods and it's it's um, yeah filled with lots of unprocessed foods. And obviously, a junk a junk food diet can also be a vegan diet. Um, and I think it's important to have the, the balance. Like I do enjoy um, uh, lots of vegan junk food. I'd say it's about eighty percent whole food and twenty percent junk and I, I like that ratio and I'm happy to keep it that way so yeah yeah I think it's like it's it's an interesting debate because you know as you say people think vegan food is healthy food but then 
you go down the aisle of the you know any supermarket like a Sainsbury's, a Tesco's, a, a Waitrose, wherever you shop, and you go to the vegan section, and it's all like processed burgers and bacon's and sausages and uh, sausage rolls and scotch eggs and you know if you eat that stuff thinking oh you know I, I love my health and this is all I'm going to eat like you're gonna you're gonna be wildly surprised. Um, that you probably gained a substantial amount of weight very quickly. <laughs> exactly, and some vegans can obviously actually develop health problems from neglecting their their health. So, yeah, but like as he says, a lot of people do actually become more healthier because they're naturally just eating more vegetables and taking more care into what they're putting into their bodies. So, yeah. Is it all your family super health conscious like this as well? So you're saying like eighty percent. Eighty percent is that whole food, so that like unprocessed stuff. Yeah. So would you say that's your whole family as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Throughout the week, we probably all have like healthy whole food dinners, whether it's like a vegetable soup or a stir fry. Um, and then the weekend, we'll probably have like a curry or a, a vegan burger. And um, yeah, so it's, it's nice to have that balance. That's nice that you can all motivate each other as well. Yeah, I do actually really fancy a vegan Chinese now that I've seen one on Ben's, Ben's oh page God, yes. recently. It looks so good. You can't, you can't scroll past a, a vegan Chinese takeaway and uh, not be like, oh, there's something about it. I, I don't know what it is. Just Chinese food. Just it. Just it. Just it lures you in. It's just so good. And Chinese um, places do the best tofu. Like it's that squidgy. Oh, it's like, so fried. squidgy. So yeah, good. to be fair, this tofu I had, it wasn't it wasn't the best. But I've been desperately searching in my area since I've moved here for a Chinese, which is actually nice. And we had this the other day, and I had had a few um, beverages during the day whilst the sun was out. Of and course. Of course. Um, so when 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 the Chinese came about seven o'clock, it was absolutely annihilated, and uh, I fell asleep about an hour afterwards on the sofa. Uh, so yeah, I couldn't tell you how good it was, but yeah, it always looks good. I think that's the that's the crux of it. Um, speaking of looking good, and we're not talking about your chest, Giuseppe. Um, we want to talk a little bit about plant based news. Um, if you don't know about plant based news and you listen to this podcast, uh, I would be very surprised. Um, but plant based news are you know, arguably the biggest, I don't want to use the term the biggest because I haven't looked up the facts, but I assume the biggest uh, media organisation around veganism. Uh, about to hit, if you haven't hit, and by the time this comes out on Friday, I imagine it probably would have hit. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's possibly happening right now because when I started the call, we were on 999.5. So. No way. Okay. I'm yeah. having so a look as we speak. Amazingly close to a million followers, which yeah. is amazing because, you know, a million followers means that you're just reaching so many people. Um, you've worked for Plant Based News for quite some time now. Um, yep. You know, I, I know Robbie. Um, he's he's also, you know, we're very friendly. Robbie and myself, who's one of the founders. Um, but that's sort of where I kind of discovered you. Um, you know, obviously, we, we, we spoke on Instagram and whatnot, but I saw, oh, he's a, you know, he works for Plant Based News. And I think it's a really incredible company. Um, and we've spoken about it a lot before. We work in similar industries, and I'm always fascinated to find out what it's like working, you know, day to day in, you know, something that's not only a hobby but a passion and a job for you. Like, is it sometimes a bit much, or do you just love it so much that you just want to be a part of it every every waking minute of every day? Um, so yeah, what what it's like to work for PBN. So um, yeah, like you say, most of the time it doesn't actually feel like a job because it's it's my passion and I, I do really enjoy the work. Um, in general, I just, I uh, like organize all the social content and work having discussions with all these awesome vegan brands. But yeah, like I've, I've worked for them since basically my, my final year of uni. I was like an intern doing um, just some help on the Instagram page. 
and that's it. I've not had like a real, in like um, quotation marks, real job since I've quit, uh, since I finished uni. So it's been almost like three, three and a half years now. And how many followers did they have when you started? Just out of curiosity, like has it blown up recently? Yeah, on Instagram it was two hundred and fifty thousand. So right, wow. It's yeah, it's it's grown at a crazy pace, and it's obviously just the beginning with 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 this vegan movement. It's always going to grow, and hopefully in a few years we'll be on ten million and we'll be inspiring loads and loads of people. For sure. And what's what, what's it like to work? You know, for plant based news, you know, you're 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 churning out all the latest stuff, and you know, you're you're my you're my ITK, my in the know source of you know everything <laughs> that's happening. Uh, you know, you're you're the go to guy for the news. You know, oh, I, I've heard McDonald's is bringing out this or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what's it like actually working there and you know writing and and you know doing social in something that you're so passionate about? It's actually great to be honest because yeah, like you say, we do we do always find out the the hot news um, quite early. And that is nice because I get to like, if, if it's something really exciting, I get to like tell my friends or my family, like, oh my God, this, this new vegan bacon is coming out. We have to try it. Um, but yeah, as well, it's just, it is really just interesting to, to be in that space of, of the, that's aligned with my passions and constantly being exposed to all the amazing um, people and individuals and companies that are doing such good things for the, the planet, whether it's um, something like um, Billy Eilish's mum's organization called Support and Feed, which is helping like um, impoverished people in, in the US, or um, uh, the Pro Veg's um, recent petition with um, Oatly, where they basically try to get people to ban the, the dairy ban. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it is great to just constantly be be able to wake up in the morning and know that my, my job is in line with my passions as well as making the world a better place. So. Yeah, I couldn't really ask for a better job. That's amazing. I think when you are vegan, you are just inherently really passionate about it because that's the reason you've decided to go vegan. That I think Ben mentioned earlier about the whole thing about people saying, oh, they think veganism is a fad and it's not going to last. But I think they've got it the complete one way around because the people that go vegan are going vegan because they have a real deep intrinsic reason to do that, whether it's for the environment or for health reasons or for animals, they are making that decision. It's not a diet. They're making a decision because it's something they really believe in. And that's why I think it really isn't a fad because I'm not just suddenly going to wake up one day and mm. say, oh, actually, I don't care about killing animals and ruining the environment or yeah. um, messing up with my health. Like, I'm not just suddenly going to wake up and be like, oh, old joke, I'm just going to go back and eat meat. Yeah. So it's a really interesting one. I feel like until you're vegan you just don't you don't quite understand how intrinsic it is and how deeply ingrained it is yeah you don't see a lot of people going back on veganism do you miley cyrus yeah no it's interesting one because like a lot of our our audience um are, are actually aren't fully vegan and i think a lot of people um do seem to think that there's like a black or white like you're either vegan or you're not but the majority of the people that are buying these, that, that are pushing the movement forward um, are the, the flexitarians. And that's the reason why we have so many amazing plant-based options in the supermarkets. Because as, as sad as it is to say, vegans only account for about 2 or 3% of the population. It's, it's an interesting point, actually. It's something that I'd quite like to bring to like all the guests we have on this series is this thought of, I guess, intuitive eating, which is not defining yourself as plant-based or as vegan or vegetarian or pescatarian or flexitarian it's just about you listening to your body and saying i'm craving this you know be it a piece of you know cod i'm craving a piece of cod i'm going to eat it but i still consider myself vegan because this is one meal out of you know 300 meals that i'm going to have in the next like six months um 
What are your thoughts on that? Like, is, this you, think... is this you coming out as a pesky boy? <laughs> no, it's not. I'm not coming out. That was an April Fool. The more people talk to me about it, it's one of those interesting subject matters is that, you know, we as a society, like, we, we spend too much time focusing on, on labels and definitions and, you know, everyone's got to be something and, and, you know, everyone has to stand for something and, you know, you can't be this if you're not that and you can't, you know, if you like this, it means you automatically hate that. But I think there's an interesting argument because as you say, you know, we spoke to Pedro and Pedro said to us, they're not interested in the in the vegan market. But he said, you know, their, their biggest thing is trying to get people who don't eat vegan food to try the Future Farm burgers and, and see what they're like. Yeah, I mean, it's called meatless meat rather than they don't label it as vegan meat products and they don't want it to be labeled as that. Because I think a lot of people's ve- a lot of vegan businesses kind of main target audience are non-vegans. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's I think there's certainly an argument to you know, a lot of people say to me, you know, and we've all heard this this conversation. Like, I, I I would go vegan, but I can't give up this and that. And I would say to them, that's fine. If you really can't give up cheese, go vegan, but just eat cheese when you feel like it. If you make a fully vegan meal and you know you grate like two handfuls of Parmesan cheese on top of it, it doesn't make you a terrible person. As long as you're making a conscious effort and you're you're aware of what you're doing and you're aware of what you're putting in your body, I think. As vegans, what would be really important would be to, for us to support these people and actually, if they're going to make that change and they're going to really like promote the positivity of ninety eight percent, you know, a vegan diet. I think they should be supported rather than like lambasted and you know alienated from the community and say, oh well, you're you're not vegan, you're not this, you're not that. Like, who cares what the definition says? You do what's best for you, and also we try and do what's best for the planet. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, we need we need like a lot of people doing veganism imperfectly rather than like a small amount of people doing veganism perfectly. I definitely heard that somewhere, but I don't know where. It's um, yours now. I wrote it. Mine. I'm going to put a quote, uh, a quote with your name attached to it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, and obviously as well, with all these like amazing alternatives that are coming out, it is getting easier. But also maybe we can talk a little bit about um, where we think the future of like these meats are going because I'm a big advocate of like cell, cell-based meat and lab-grown meat and I personally think it's going to be a massive thing in the future that is going to get a lot of people that are currently eating meat off meat so we don't we actually have to become vegan have to become a vegan world we can just become a world that eats meat from a different source than it's currently come from so I don't know what you guys think of that when you say lab grown, you mean like cloning and you know the the, the the process of like actually making fake meat based. Yeah, so lab grown meat is actually a thing. It does exist, and it's it's actually on sale in few countries around the world. It's not legal I've seen in the it, UK. I've seen yet. it on, on Vice. They had two chains eating like a chicken nugget, which cost like twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's yeah, just so. like yeah, it's like obviously it it's twenty years probably away from being affordable to you know the average. You know, it's actually you know, not that far. So the reason why the first one takes so much, costs so much, is because that they take into consideration all the innovation and research and development costs. But mm-hmm. it incrementally gets it incrementally gets exponentially cheaper. That's a very long-winded. <laughs> say, say, say it three times in a row. Go on. <laughs> <thank you. laughs> um, but yeah, so basically it gets cheaper. Um, and the, so we've got a chicken already uh, in. I think it's actually Israel as well. That the restaurant has it. Um, and also, so beef, lab-grown beef is going to be huge. And they basically just take. Um, a, a sample of, of a cell from a host animal that doesn't actually even need to be killed so for example if it's a chicken it'd just be their feather and from that they can grow like actual muscle tissue in a petri dish and then just imagine that like times a million 
and then you've got me that is just madness we do need to start like recording these so people can see our expressions because mine (laughs) just then was I don't know how I feel I think it's amazing and I do think that people that maybe don't want to go vegan it's a great kind of midway point I feel like because I haven't eaten meat for so long I just don't know if I'd feel comfortable so when they're growing it into the muscle tissue and everything it doesn't actually become an actual like no it just becomes actual muscle so there's no like bones or anything it's just muscle so and also like this this food won't be for vegans it will it will literally just be to replace meat directly because it will it will literally be meat like on a cellular level it'll have the same amount of fat and protein and what's also interesting is you'll be they'll be able to actually adjust the amount of of fat and stuff in it so they can actually make it even healthier than the regular meat would you eat it i don't know like i, I would i think i would i'd try that one just yeah. to, just to so taste but feel? yeah like i say i wouldn't re- ever rely on it as my like, protein source or anything because i know like for me a plant-based diet is the healthiest and it works so mm-hmm. but it is it's, it's definitely one of the answers to the the global issue of climate change and whatnot yeah for sure if if they can make something like that affordable that you know you you know your your average person can go and buy the 99p mints from the supermarket which just happens to be made in a lab they're great but i think realistically that's probably never going to (laughs) happen yeah we definitely need to get over the stereotype that um, i think they're actually trying to change the name name of it to like smart meat or or something like that rather than like lab-grown meat because it does sound a bit off-putting when you say lab-grown <laughs> yeah, meat. Yeah, a little bit. It's all a little bit um, like Black Mirror for my liking. Um, <laughs> it's a bit too like futuristic and yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. When you've got things that are, you know, you know, GMO-free and like soya-free and gluten-free that tastes like meat already, like what's the point in having to, That's true. you know, do all of this? But there's, there's going to be a demand for it because people are going to want to eat it. So... Yeah, I don't know myself. It's a, yeah, maybe a, we'll be a, a, a restaurant scary. in a few years with lab grown meat burger on the menu. We'll see. Yeah, I just want to know if people would think. I I, I guarantee you, people will say it's not vegan. Hundred percent not vegan. Yeah, it will definitely not be vegan because it's come from an animal. Because it's come from like the feather, even so, it wouldn't be able to be classed as vegan. I think that's why a lot of people got so angry at the the this prank because. Obviously, people thought they were they have eaten an animal product, which I mean, it was silly, but also at the same time, it was April Fool's Day. Like, but I guess some people did believe it, and that was bad. But a lot of people believe Piers Morgan was going to be our guest. Um, so speaking of of stupid things, uh, let's talk about the Plant Boys really quickly because it is just a stupid thing that is just uh, it's just happening. Is he? Have we have we passed the vibe check? We're allowed. Like a couple vibe, of minutes. Vibe check is passed. Um, so, Giuseppe, how did you feel when Ben invited you to join the Plant Boys? I mean, I was ecstatic. It's like winning the lottery. <laughs> um, no, yeah, no, it was great because, um, I mean, me, and, me, Ben and Callum actually spoke about um, doing something exciting. Like when we originally first met up, I remember, Ben, we, we made like an Instagram group chat, didn't we? And we were like, guys, this is weird. We're, we're all normal guys and we're all passionate about a plant-based diet. We have to do something with this. Yeah. And then a few weeks later or whatever, a few months later, we we set up the Plant Boys. So yeah, it's, it's great. I think there definitely is space for something like that where people can just be inspired by a group of young lads that are breaking the stereotype that don't fit the normal narrative of skinny, boring vegans. Um, so yeah. <laughs> What are, you, what are your thoughts on, on how it's gone so far? Because obviously Plant Boys is still in its infancy and it's very much something that has been difficult to try and actually do properly over lockdown. What do you see for the future of that and how do you think it's gone so far? 
Yeah, it's it's funny because I think in our bio it's like a boy band, and you'd be surprised at how many family members and friends have said to me, like, "Oh, you're in a boy band, you're in a boy band." <laughs> uh, no it's way. just like it's funny, but yeah, no, I am looking forward to us launching our first studio album. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, yeah, like I say, it's it's only going to go up, and as more people become interested in the lifestyle, they'll they'll find us and they'll they'll relate to us. Um, so, I, and I really just can't wait for us to meet up properly outdoors and indoors and make fun content and eat lots of food. Well, as much as I love talking about Plant Boys, um, I think we have had a really good episode and it's probably time just to just to cut it there. Um, maybe I'm a little bit jealous. I'm not part of Plant Boys, who knows? But honestly, it's been so lovely having you on. I have learned a lot. It's been super interesting. Awesome, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, where, where can we find you? What is your what is your handles and all that? Um, my name is generically very difficult to spell, um, <laughs> but it's Giuseppe Federici one. If you want to have a go, because the one without the one was taken. Um, but you can always just check out the Plant Boys, and you can follow me from there. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Ben and Izzy, for having me on, and obviously also Callum for being the awesome producer. And <laughs> I look forward to listening to all the other guests that you're about to have on in this season. And it's been great to be on. What an episode. We absolutely loved speaking to Giuseppe about how he found veganism along with his family's journey with it too. It was great to hear about the success of plant-based news and it was really nice to have a little chat around the plant boys too. And it's something you know I'm passionate about. Vegans and lab meat. We definitely spoke about some new and interesting topics that we haven't discussed before. And we can't wait for the rest of the guests this season to get us all thinking. This show was produced and edited by Callum Goddard Mocklow for Apricot Audio. And we'll be back next week with another episode for you. But in the meantime, please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast available on all podcast platforms such as Apple, Spotify and Acast. And if you want to keep up to date with all the latest happenings, then remember to follow us both on Instagram at Izzy the Vegan and at Ben's Vegan Kitchen. We'll see you next week. See you later.